episode 173 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nick. What's going on, everybody? We got Tom and Nick, and or uh, sorry, Tom and Frank joining me in the studio this week. Uh, this week we're talking about the turkey population in the recent, I guess, decade or so, and the rise in the fall, and hopefully back on the rise of the turkey population that we've seen. It's been a really difficult few years of turkey hunting, but we've noticed, you know, things are starting to pick back up and we just wanted to kind of discuss what we felt is the reason for this big decline in turkey populations and why we think now that we're finally back on the rise. Obviously what we see in the woods is where we're getting our idea of, you know, this drop in turkey populations and, you know, talking to fellow turkey hunters, but there were some big events that have happened kind of all real close to each other, uh, including some weather some predators that really increased in population due to the crash of the fur market, um, some disease that's ripped through, and a few other things that we feel all kind of came together at the same time to contribute to a serious crash in the turkey population. But we're hoping and believing that it's kind of behind us. The past few years have been really good, and we expect to see you know continuing rising numbers as we move forward. So I hope you guys really enjoy this episode, and let's get tuned in. truck and when i slammed the door i heard gobbles all around me alaska moose spot and sock that is the bucket list i agree What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to another installment. Tom, I'll introduce you first since last week we almost forgot about you. Glad to be in the studio. Thanks for uh, giving me a shout out. Yeah. Glad to be here. Happy to have you, buddy. Well, let's just move right on then. Yeah, I guess we just won't record <laughs> anything then because none of you guys know anything about doing that. I, I could probably figure it out. You, you think out. if I shut it all down <laughs> right now, how long do you think before you could record an episode that would sound this good? This good? I don't know. But to, to record it, I could get an episode out by Sunday. Tom would be like, oh, yeah. listen in on our Instagram stories. I just recorded the entire thing on my cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a wild way to do it. That'd be a really stupid way to do it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we have you here, Nick. Glad to be here. So, boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, <coughs> yeah, enough of that. Sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep that to a minimum. I yeah, promise. you should. Definitely. Um, so we've been talking over the years about turkey hunting and how the turkey hunting used to be like absolutely lights out, killing birds every single year. And then all of a sudden it seemed like numbers just dropped off. And it seems like in the last maybe three, four years, they've slowly started to come back. But there was a really, I mean, there was probably a six, seven year window where birds were just seemed to be constantly declining. It was harder and harder to find birds. 
Tom and I were giving up on certain pieces of property because there was either no birds whatsoever or just only one lone gobbler and you hate to shoot them. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's different than, you know, hunting bucks because I can guarantee you if a turkey's there or not. You know, I can go sit there at night, listen, you know, they're going to gobble. Yeah. You know if there's going to be a bird there or not. So if I go to the same field, you know, three nights in a row and there's not a single gobble in the woods, I know that there's not yeah. any birds in that area. Yeah. And it just seems like there was a long period or a long stretch where we just had declining numbers year after year after year and it just got harder and harder to find birds. Yeah. Um, when Tom and I first started hunting, my grandpa had, I mean, three different flocks um, behind his house. We could literally, he was like, yeah, uh, from you know, sun up till about 7.30, this is where you're going to want to be. If it doesn't happen there, I want you to go over to this area, sit there till nine. If it doesn't happen there, then this is where you're going to want to end up for the rest of the day. Yeah. And you could pretty much guarantee yourself you're going to kill a bird on one of those sits. Um, and then all of a sudden it just seemed like it was getting harder and harder and harder. It was so, like a switch. Yeah. It was like great yeah. turkey hunting. And then the next year, bam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Um, and one thing, I, I guess what we wanted to talk about was just why we think that happened, why we think it's finally coming back. Um, and I remember that what seemed to be the switch was the nasty, harsh winters we had back to back. We were in high school. We were, it, was it was 2013 and 14 and then 14 and 15. Those two winters were wicked cold and we got a ton of snow. Yeah. I mean, it was so cold they were canceling school because yeah. uh, I remember we would go out ice fishing when they canceled yeah. school because it was like negative 20 for weeks at a time and yeah. around here that doesn't really happen that Mm-mm. much and we got it two years in a row and i noticed it seems like it like if my memory is accurate it seems like that was the turning point in yeah. turkey hunting and, and if you recall the springs following those winters they were very wet mm-hmm. yeah. very very wet not not good egg hatching soil no they get drown a lot of them out, rotted them. Yeah, so I, I think what happened was is there was a lot of birds that just, um, you know, froze to death. I mean, birds, tur- especially turkeys, they're not really built for, like, nasty, harsh weather for yeah. long stretches of time. They, they, don't, they don't bulk up like deer. They don't no. have nearly the, I guess, uh, resilience that, like, a mammal would have. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, they live outside. They're in... Are they in all 50 states or... 49. 49 of them? Or I think 48. I don't think they're in Hawaii or Alaska. Yeah, they're not in Alaska. I, I don't think there's any in Hawaii. I don't know how they would have got there. Tom, what should people do they if they know the answer? Tom. Leave it in the comments. There we go. <laughs> um, but anyway, what I guess what I'm getting at is so they are in all climates. Yeah. But it they just don't seem to be built for like harsh... You don't see them in Alaska. Yeah. You don't see them in northern Canada. Yeah. Like, Exactly. Where like super harsh winters are is not typically where you're going to find them. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you get those nasty winters that we're not used to, I think it put a huge um, hurting on the population. Yeah. And then like Tom said, so you get what birds did survive, you know, they go to lay all these eggs. And what, what's the issue, Tom, with uh, like the really wet springs? I know you said it's not good for hatching and stuff, but what's what, I guess what's the correlation between the two? The eggs... Like when the hen is sitting on the egg, she's doing that to keep them warm. To uh, it's basically like. A... Could you hear that? Really yeah. Well. Wow. <laughs> I, I thought I was being quiet, but no, that was horrible. <laughs> 
I uh, lost my whole train of thought. <laughs> Stop the train. Yeah. Anyway. So the hens, they sit on these eggs all day long to keep them warm. It's like a basically an incubator, if you will. Yeah. And the hens, they, they're still going to fly up into the tree at night to roost. And when those lay, eggs are just left sitting in mud puddles, it it, it lowers their temperature down, kills the turkeys that are inside. They can rot from being in while they get waterlogged and just it ruins so the egg. That was something, maybe you guys don't know the answer to this, but from what I understood with other birds, the mother spent like almost all the time sitting on the eggs. But with hens, like roosting in trees and stuff, there's several hours, you know, eight, nine hours that the hen's not sitting on that nest. I, am I am I right about that? Or I think the, the reason behind that is because most birds roost in a tree. They nest in they a nest tree, in a not tree. roost. Or, yeah, they, yeah, they nest in a tree. Oh, really? I, that... Well, like, look at, you see robins' nests. Or, oh, like, I thought you meant, like, most turkey birds no, no. nest in trees. I'm like, I that is new <laughs> to me because I always thought and saw turkey eggs on the ground. No, they no. nest on yeah, the ground. Yeah, they nest on the ground, but they roost in the tree. Most yes. birds nest and roost in a tree. Mm-hmm. And I think reason that turkeys nest on the ground and roost in a tree is primarily due to predators. If a hen is sitting on her nest at night where all of her predators are out, the fox and the coyotes and the raccoons, and that's when she's going to be most vulnerable. She can't see. She can hear, but she can't smell. Um, But in the daytime, when they can see they're guarding that nest, they can hear and see everything that's coming. So if they have to take off, they can. But... It would be very easy for a mom to get ambushed in the dark of the night. Gotcha. So why don't you think that they build nests in trees, like bald eagles and stuff? I just don't think they're built for it. Yeah, I mean, they don't really, they're not like good at flying. No. you ever seen a turkey fly, it's pretty bad. <laughs> they fly up a tree and then down into the tree. I don't think they'd be very good at doing that all day long. To build a nest, one yeah. twig at a time. Yeah. I tell you what, though, uh, hens are extremely protective of their their babies when once yeah. they're born. Tom and I saw that first. They're really one time. protective of their nests too when they're on the nest. They're. See, I, I've never encountered um, a nest while a hen was sitting on it. I've I, found I nests have. before. So that, yeah, I, I've I've come up they on geese like gobblers do when they're on their like if they're pissed off around their nest, they will blow up like a gobbler. Hmm. Now I've I've come up on goose nests and they get pissed. Yeah. Um. But Tom and I one time were on a little, I think we were um, probably just doing some little, little bit of scouting and stuff. And we came around the corner of this one field and there was a mom, that's like a hen and a bunch of poults. And then like out of nowhere, this hawk comes flying down, boom, picks up one of the poults, starts taking off. Mother hen jumps or flies up, attacks the hawk in the air, like just above the ground, gets him to drop the hen or the poult and saved it. I was like, holy shit. That's like, wild. Never seen something like that, but she was like, bam, just like that on a hawk. Mm. All of a sudden, was, she could fly pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it was a very quick. I think the hawk realized that this bird's four times my size. Yeah. I think it's easier to drop it and get a, you know, pick up a mouse yeah. somewhere else. 
But I never even realized that like hawks would attack other birds like for food. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that it was always mice and squirrels and whatnot. Yeah, no, like you, you hear chickens. chicken farmers bitching yeah. about hawks and owls all the time. Yeah, they I, take, I don't. They take oh. our chickens. You guys all the must time. be on a different website than me. Must right. be. So I've actually I've never heard that, but really? I know like yeah, I've never heard of like hawks being an issue for really? chickens. No. Yeah, they take our chickens all the time. Really? Mm-hmm. Like full full grown chickens? Yeah. It's not that hard to kill a chicken. No, no, it's not. I mean, it is for me because I can't catch them. But <laughs> I haven't watched enough Rocky, I guess. I guess not. It's one of Frank's favorite movies, fun fact. It's not. Thank you for lying to everybody. <laughs> now it's now it's on forever. You'll always We're be known. We're going to move on. I don't <laughs> even want to talk about this. <laughs> um, so along with, Tom, you are talking like predators uh, when it comes to like protecting themselves in the nest. Do you think that uh, an increase in predators – in the area has any sort of impact on our uh, turkey population? Because if you think about it, a while back, coyotes weren't nearly as prevalent. Fox weren't nearly as prevalent. Fishers weren't. Like, where do you, I mean, do you think, how much of an impact do you think predators have on the turkey population in the area as well? The biggest. Really? Absolutely, 100%. Um, It was probably. So even more so than the harsh winters, you think, and the predators are your biggest issue? Well, the harsh winters. What birds didn't starve, or what birds didn't freeze, probably starved, and there was not a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But it was really about that same time that the fur market crashed. Yeah, I guess. It, yeah, because we that was pretty much yeah. we we right still we had our high school. We we still had our dogs, but we weren't getting nearly what we used to for. I guess I never made that correlation, but yeah, you're right. Uh, so when that fur market and actually, Frank, you might know, but I want to say it was 1944. Four or fifty four, where they introduced Fisher into Pennsylvania. I don't know which, but it was yeah, it was back then. It was a long time ago. But for whatever reason, it really started taking off about that time too. It took mm-hmm. fifty, sixty years for something to really start happening, and now to the point where there's a season for it now. Yeah, now you can trap them, mm-hmm. and you talk They're to, statewide now. Yeah, you they talk, were pretty much like mountain. Uh, animals they were more in the center of the state but now they're everywhere yeah but you talk to anyone now that deer hunts and they're like oh yeah look at this trail cam photo i got of the fisher mm-hmm. everyone is seeing them yeah on their property so like even more frequent than bear i would say around us oh no oh, doubt yeah um so yeah right around the same it was kind of like the perfect storm right around those harsh winters we got the crash of the fur market where coons went from me and nick were getting 20 bucks a hide to now i'm getting a carcass yeah. We didn't even have to skin it at the time. Like that we mm-hmm. would, that was just the carcass. We didn't have to flush them or nothing. And now I'm getting a dollar fifty if, if they them. buy it. Yeah. So you I I quit trapping raccoons. It's it's not worth it to me to do all that work to get a dollar fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We pull we pull we catch a couple coons a year, but not like we're targeting them. Yeah, you, you know, catch, it's, it's a buy. They're just catch. be they're so abundant. And I we should do more because you know, we're sitting here complaining about the turkey population. We shouldn't, we should be out there catching more of them. Mm-hmm. But like Tom said, when there's just so much Nothing else going do. on in yeah. life, you can't, and you feel bad throwing them in the weeds. Yeah. But Tom and I got to drive 25, 30 minutes to go sell them. And then he may not buy them, you know. Yeah. And, you know, you have to go there with 30 pelts and 
to make it worth your trip out there if he pays yeah, you. just to pay for the gas. Yeah, or, and, but he might, you might get out there and he'd be like, oh, yeah, we're... Not by means. Because yeah. my dad sends him up to the fur auction. Yeah, your dad goes straight to the yeah, auction. Yeah, but even then, they'll sit, he's had coons sitting up there for years. They've sent him back because there's no market for him. Yeah. To, your dad will get a little bit more out of his by going to auction, yeah. but he's going to sit on him a while. Yeah. Tom and I always were... You know, we wanted instant cash because we were paying for food and, yeah. you know, gas. And well, that's like how that. it used to be at the, if you sent them to the fur auction. You, you know, as soon as the auction came out, you got a check in the mail right after. You know, it wasn't like it, they never sat up there. It was always like when I was in high school and younger, mm-hmm. furs went immediately at the auctions. They never sat on furs. They went as soon as the auction was gone, they were out of furs and needed more. But they've, had coons of his for two, three years, and then they send them back. Like, there's no way we're going to sell these things. That's crazy. I mean, because and they're selling them in bales up there. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know how many is in a bale. I don't um, but you'll you end up sharing your profit a little bit with everybody because you're getting paid, you know, per hide, even though it's in a bale. But they, yeah. what they're doing is they bundle them in grades, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Tom and I opted just to go straight to a middleman where he pays us straight to a middleman. <laughs> 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 if you're saying straight to, usually you're bypassing the middleman. Yeah. If not in this story. <laughs> you go straight to the middleman. Yeah. So, I guess, Infiltrate yeah. the dealer, find the supplier. It's, yeah, exactly. So, you know, Tom and I would get 20 bucks for a uh, carcass. You know, then he's got to skin and flush it. Then he sends it up. He might make 30 on it at the time. I don't know. But mm. basically he was, you know, skimming a little bit off the top. But we were happy because we... Went in and left with money. Mm-hmm. So and in in high school, couldn't ask for. I mean, there was there wasn't many jobs at the time that were paying high school kids as much as Tom and I could make. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we used to run dogs five nights a week. Like it was to the point where my mom used to be like, "Hey, you know, we need you home at nine. You know, you got school in the morning." It's like, oh, we got lost. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> just out there hunting. But, mm-hmm. um, but so, I definitely think it's more of like back on the turkey subject. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely more of the possums and the raccoons, in my opinion, that have that put a hurting on. I think the it's all the nester, the possums, the raccoon. Every everyone says fishers will climb up a tree and mm-hmm. rip a full grown turkey. Maybe that's happened, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's something that it's not a detriment to the population. If no. it happens, it's you know here and there. Well, and then but when raccoons, possums, skunks, fishers. They are all nest raiders. No, we won't name him, but do you want to, while you're talking fishers, um, a buddy of yours is, works for NWTF, and they've done plenty of studies on fishers and turkeys and that whole, because um, everybody associates that the decline in turkeys came around the same time as the increase in fishers. So everybody just links the two, calls it a day. Uh, after talking to him, what did you find I guess what what did, what were his opinions and what were the studies done that showed the relation between fishers and turkeys? It was somewhere it was like between one and five percent of the fishers that they studied had bird remains in their digest, digest, digestive tracts. Sorry, um, and they so that's can't not even, just turkeys. That's just that's birds. birds. So they can't even say whether or not you know that one one to five percent were killing the. No, that's just, and it could have been a robin, it could have been a goose, it could have been mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I I really don't think the fishers, possums, they skunks, said that the majority rag- had like almost all of their 
um, tests that they ran had other fisher remains oh, yeah. in their system, which I didn't realize that they were cannibals. Mm-hmm. It just goes to tell you how vicious they are. they'll eat anything they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're more opportunist. And I think that get, gets back to your point on, yeah, that, sure, they will climb a tree, but they probably don't have to. Yeah, they'd much rather, I mean, they can crawl down a woodchuck hole. They can catch a mouth. Their biggest diet is like voles and moles and mice and yeah. whatnot chipmunks stuff like that um though I've, I've actually watched him run up a tree into a squirrel nest and chase a squirrel out and catch that and eat it mm-hmm. but like i said the fishers the raccoons the skunks the possums they're all nest raiders and if one of those critters comes up to a turkey nest they're not gonna eat one egg and call it a day they are going to decimate the entire nest. Mm-hmm. So, which, because uh, turkeys will only lay what, one egg a day as well? So, yeah. So, like, you know, that say they got a dozen eggs in there, you know, that that's almost two weeks worth of work gone. And, like, she has to, you know, I mean, gobblers obviously have no problem with it, but she needs bread again and, you know, needs to produce 12 more eggs to keep up with the population. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's not feasible with, like Tom said, the drop in the fur prices has a lot of people not trapping anymore well and that's the thing with the the nest raiders if a fisher kills a a hen he just killed one bird if he raids a nest he just killed 12 Mm -hmm. so it takes the population longer to recover from that you're eating those eggs even though you don't see a number taken away from the population because it wasn't a turkey yet yeah it's still hurting the population because it's not... That's 12 more you weren't... Or, you know... For next however, year. Yeah. yeah. Instead of adding 12 for next year, you're down 12. Yeah. So it, it's it's tough. I mean, I, I think you're right. It's the nest raiders that are your biggest issue. And the struggle... Like, we've had some really mild winters, and I think that's why we've started to see a bit of mm-hmm. a comeback. But it's not what it was. It still isn't. I, I bet we're getting pretty close to what it was when we were in high school. There's a lot of birds the past yeah i mean this year i've seen more birds than i've seen in 10 years i think this year with the amount of birds we have if these hens can get a good hatch we have a nice dry spring and they have a good hatch i think next year we will be right about where we were Mm -hmm. because we're we're there we're ever so it used to be you could drive down any country road and every two, three fields, you were going to see a flock of birds. In. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, every, you, you drive down the road and you might see one or two flocks down a. Yeah, but it used to miles. be like, used to be spike your brakes. Oh my God, there's a flock of turkeys out there because you mm-hmm. don't see that anymore. Yeah. But and this year I've seen, you know, like. I see turkeys every day. Yeah, same here. And I've seen out by my parents, there's a flock of well over a hundred birds uh, there's another spot that I've seen about a hundred birds in a flock. There's Austin saw 30, what, 40? forty out in uh, the field behind my house every night. Austin saw what forty of them one in one day sitting in yeah, his tree stand. They up walked and, right and, by him and came to me. Yeah, at the headquarters. I mean, just so I, they're they're coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and granted, those flocks will break up a little bit come spring. Yeah. Um, but I mean, a couple of years ago, Tom and I had a dozen gobblers together. It's been a decade since I've seen that amount of gobblers together. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it got to a point where, like, you were lucky if you could hear one bird going off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe we could have traveled somewhere and got got on more birds and stuff. But in our area, it seemed like it was the numbers were really down. Tom and I yeah. really struggled up at camp. 
Uh, we used to, birds used to be, I mean, every, there's a dozen guys in camp, dozen guys could get birds in a season. Mm-hmm. Like it was that just plentiful. Then past few years, it's been so slow. It's been tough to get on birds at all. We go out and it's like, yeah, I, I heard one gobbler. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah, we didn't hear nothing today. It's just, so it's been tough, but we're, I think we're, like you said, we're, we're very close yeah. to being back. And there was, what was that other thing uh, that came through? Bird flu? Yeah. Um, no, blackhead. Yeah, I knew that there was, was a disease, disease but I don't, came... rem- I didn't, rem- I didn't know anything about the disease specifically, but yeah. I do remember hearing people talking that there was a disease that took a pretty big chunk of the turkey yeah. population. It's, it's like we had the perfect storm. We had what, super Do you know cold... more about blackhead? I know that's what it was called, and I know that it was killing turkeys. Okay. I don't know anything about it. All right. I'll other just get, than that. So people can leave it in the comments if they know. Yeah. So basically all within like a couple year span, we had some nasty, harsh winters followed by super wet springs, fur market crashed. So we had a high increase of predators and that blackhead came through. So it was like everything that could go wrong for the turkey population went wrong. Yeah. And it all happened in like a two year span and it just decimated the flock mm-hmm. and it, it took a good what six seven years to get back to where now i feel like it's actually worthwhile yeah going out chasing gobblers yeah i mean i mean we still got on them but it was just you gotta work harder for yeah it. It, it it used to be and it's getting back to it it feels like um like it used to be pretty easy killing turkeys um and then it got pretty challenging where i had to really work and i would get later into the season um you know I killed birds like Memorial Day weekend and stuff like that late into the season where the past couple of years I've been, I think the last two years I've been in the f- first opening weekends. Mm-hmm. So like we're, we're getting back to what, you know, the turkey hunting I remember and what made me fall in love with the, with turkeys. Yeah. Easy hunting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's always like deer hunting with a bow can sometimes stress me out a little bit. This year I was I took all that away. I, everything that stressed me out about it, I got rid of. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of focused on having fun and just getting back to more of an instinctive way of going through the woods. Like I'm still calculated, but not nearly as much to where I'm stressing out about it. Yeah. But turkeys were always like carefree, carefree. Let's just go have some fun. Let's do some calling. Let's hear some goblin and hopefully get to shoot a turkey in the face. Yeah. And th- that's what I just love about turkey hunting. It's, it's, fun it's light you don't have to it's not too stressful i guess you just get out listen for goblin and have a good time yeah yeah that's they they really let you know where they're at yeah Yeah, it's no secret you just kind of you can just walk into the woods in about 20 minutes before it starts getting light you'll hear some birds goblin and you're like okay we're in them now i need i need to be over there (laughs) does it get old tom after after almost i i guess 15, 20-ish years of turkey hunting doesn't get old? No, not even a little bit. Every morning when I wake up, like right at the time I wake up is when they start gobbling Mm -hmm. in my house because they roost not even 100 yards from my house. So every morning when I'm in bed, I can hear them, and I'll go down and start the truck to head to work, and I just hit the call just a little bit, tickle it, and they light up every time. I'm like, I probably shouldn't be doing this, educating them before the season, but it's fun to hear them. That's one of Tom and I's rules lately. We do not educate birds yeah. preseason anymore well, well i'm not gonna hunt there yeah so i don't I, care you should i would you know what really gets them to go i'll show you a video 
after this podcast. I was getting one to freaking gobble with my horn. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I see he crossed the road in front of me, and I'm like... <laughs> That's nice. nice, Tom. That's very nice gobble. Yeah. All right, so for the next 10 minutes, we're just going to do our own mouth gobble. We're not doing that. No? No. Tom, you're in? No. All right, one. Well, no, I'm just kidding. Be, could you imagine if we just ended every episode through turkey season with 10 minutes of mouth gobbling? I think everyone would tune out before those 10 minutes. Yeah, they probably would. Yeah. I would. Yeah, it'd be really annoying. <laughs> um, so, Tom, do you have any, Frank, do you guys have any other opinions on, you know, what you think hurts the turkey population or comments on the growing population coming back? I mean, obviously, we don't have any scientific evidence with us but this is just from observations a lot of time in the woods what we've seen what we've other people we hunt with are seeing well i think on a lot of the help of the incline is we lost a lot of turkey hunters people turkey because turkey hunting is supposed to be easy as people think yeah people were turkey hunting because you could go into any block of woods and there was a dozen gobblers in there what's the word ripe for picking yeah. Um, and then when it got difficult, a lot of people got out of it. And so you're oh, saying we should be talking about how bad the turkey hunting is still? <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. Disregard the last half hour of this. Yeah. Turkey hunting is so difficult right now. There's no birds. Well, it's like uh, <laughs> walleye fishing on Lake Erie. Oh, God. Yeah. You, everyone's a walleye fisherman. Yeah, everyone's a walleye fisherman right now because it's you easy could to throw a wooden spoon out there. And catch a walleye. I mean, yeah. There's just so many of them that everyone thinks they're a professional walleye fisherman. Well, if you go back 10 years ago when walleye fishing was tough and you had to know what you were doing to catch walleye, you didn't see a lot of guys out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind That's of a good point. Same thing. When turkey hunting was easy, everyone was a big-time turkey hunter. I mean, it even goes into deer hunting. It's the same way. Look how many more people go in with a gun on opening day than they do through bow season. Yeah. Like it's when the when it's easy, a lot of people like to do it. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. When it's easy, it's it's definitely fun. You well, know, yeah, I'm not saying it's not fun, but I enjoy it just as much. The struggle, yeah. and the questioning why I'm even out here in the middle of a snowstorm or chasing birds around. Like nothing. It's you feel so defeated after a whole day of turkey hunting, and you never hear a gobble. Yeah, that's like, a bad feeling. Yeah, because it's like, man, I covered a lot of ground today. I've walked a lot of ridges. I have called a lot because I, I enjoy calling and never heard a gobble. It, it's a depressing feeling. So I, I could see why people may back He's away out, from it, but yeah. it's we're, like I said, we're getting back there, but appreciate everybody listening. Um, we still got, by the time we listen to this or the time you're listening to this, you got less than a week to get your t-shirt, sweatshirt, hat orders in. I got um, mine in. Me too. Yeah, me too. Um, first batch, if you got in the first two weeks, that stuff's getting printed right now. Uh, we should be getting that out to you guys ASAP. So if you guys haven't got your order in, like I said, when you're listening to this, you got like less than a week. So get on it. Get some good stuff. Uh, and we hope to see you wearing some Send Snood uh, t-shirts holding a big old fat gobbler this year. So That'd be sweet. But And you're not going to be able to kill a big bird unless you're out there getting outside. <laughs>